This is Task Force N Radio, and I'm its host, John Crotech, advocate for humankind, education, and commerce. We are on a mission to create human healing on a massive global scale and to tell the stories of people who have dedicated their lives to making our planet a better place to live. I am super excited for this episode of Task Force N Radio. I have a really uh, interesting conversationalist here, a woman that's full of energy and aura. Uh, she is beyond cool. She is doing a lot of super things with kids. Her name is Heather Hackett. She's a former school teacher and founder of I Train Your Kids. She not only embraces her passion for working with children, but has devoted her life to helping children build their self-esteem and self-confidence. Pretty incredible task she's up to. And, uh, you know, our children mean so much to us. And I'm glad to know that there are adults like her with with this, this kind of vision. Because if we don't take care of our kids, then where are we headed as a society? Heather teaches children to not only accept their differences, but to celebrate the traits and characteristics that make them unique. She has also written children's books on self-esteem with her own publishing company, Be Me Books Incorporated. Pretty cool. She was a child herself with no self-esteem and had to create her own path and discover her true potential. She then documented her journey, her struggles, and successes. Now she shares that personal journey with other children. In order to make a lasting impact on our children, we have to be consistent and we have to educate them. Kidfident, which is what we're going to get into, is her cliff notes of life. You know, I, you know, I sent Heather the questions and some of the concepts we're doing on the radio show. And, you know, this is what I love about Heather. She said, you know, I don't need questions and I don't need concepts. I just need conversation to let people know what I'm doing. So, you know, welcome Heather Hackett to Task Force N Radio. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, before we started recording, Heather and I were talking about other things. And, you know, we're the thing about Heather, and you, know, you can hear it in her voice, but she, I just met her maybe three weeks ago. And she came to me through LinkedIn, which, by the way, is a marvelous platform to meet other visionaries. And, and Heather is super visionary. If the word aura was out there and you looked at it, her picture would be there. Heather exudes uh, an aura and a confidence that you don't meet in very many people. So automatically, you know, this human being is on to something. You know, tell us a little bit about what it was like to grow up in your household, Heather. Yeah, that's a big question. Um my house was, well, I, I lived uh, with my mom, my stepdad, and my sister. And then I saw my, my dad and my stepmom every other weekend. But the house was, it was different. It, I lived with my mom. I, I don't think she even is, is confident about herself, uh, which is sad because she's a beautiful lady. But there were, really wasn't much confidence in my house. It was a, I was... I was typically teased and picked on because I was the biggest of the group. My mom and my sister are very, very pretty. Um, and they were always the skinny ones. So I grew up and I had more of my dad's frame. So I was, I was not the skinny one. And, you know, they used to tease me, you know, I'm, my stepdad and my sister more than anything, you know, they used to tease me thinking that if they teased me that I would, you know, want to do something about it or change it or whatever. But in actuality, you know, the teasing 
made me feel like garbage. You know, it made me feel like I wasn't, you know, definitely like I wasn't equal to them. And, you know, it really, when you don't have confidence, it stems into everything, you know, it stems into um, my relationships, how I did at school, how I did in, of course, any physical activities. So I wasn't the, the happiest of, of children. Well, that's a great point. You know, the um, power of words and, you know, and then and those things that we call teasing, which is to me sometimes another form of bullying. But, you know, I can relate in my because in my own household, I was the oldest. And, you know, of course, I was teased quite a bit, but sometimes teased not so nicely, you know, and, and you're so right. You know, you carry those formative years into early adulthood and, you know, where you're trying to vie for your acceptance and and then even into adulthood, like you said, the relationship, uh, the issues of relationships, you know, stem from that innocuous teasing, if you will. Does, you know? Yeah. I, I hear you on that. So, you know, so what, so how was your personal outlook on life molded then? I mean, I mean, how, you know, that teasing, you obviously came away, it bothered you for sure. Right. Right. You know, and so tell me about that. Tell me what the what it was like, the pain for sure. It, You know, it was it was just the way that I lived. It wasn't really, you know, almost even talking about it now, I'm kind of realizing it wasn't until I grew out of it that I realized how much it had influenced me. You know, it wasn't until I was um, I was in college and I got to about 200 pounds and I was in a dressing room and I couldn't fit in a size 14 anymore, which means I had to go into a plus size store. And that's kind of my bottom, you know, as far as my weight goes, that was where I really determined, you know, that I wanted to change because I knew if I went into a plus size store, the only where to go from there is up, you know, and, um, and I didn't want to do that, you know, so I changed that. And then slowly but surely, you know, I, my confidence changed and, you know, I, I began to eat healthy and then, you know, there's a lot of things that, that change. It's your confidence in your abilities and your work ethic. And, you know, you become an adult and you go, hey, you know, I'm pretty good at something. And then, you know, I started building it little by little. And it wasn't until I started building it that I realized how I never really had it, you know, and, and how much it influenced me. And then I had a, a business. I started a business. My first one was called I Train Your Kids. And it was fitness and nutrition for kids. And I really wanted to help kids that were in my situation um, because I realized how much, you know, how painful it was. That's great. You know, because we we have talked a lot about kids and so often, even, to, you know, in today's digital age, we forget about the kids. You know, we uh, we get them a cell phone or, you know, smartphone and we give it to them and we just or put them in front of a video game. And how much, you know, that's not really the type of education that you're talking about. You're talking about deeper things than that. So founder of I Train Your Kids, tell us what you do, you know, with nutrition and with these self-confidence building uh, programs. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. What is it you do? How do you get to those core issues? Sure. With I Train Your Kids, it was really, it was about giving a realistic approach, you know, it was how to, you know, teaching them how to eat fruits and vegetables, not they didn't have to, I would never put a kid on a diet, uh, I would never tell them to eat these certain foods and eat whatever I would, I would teach them, you know, kind of give them roots and wings, you know, let them know, hey, this is healthy, this isn't. Um, but it's okay to eat cookies, like I used to say, you know, if you want a cookie, eat a cookie, don't eat a dozen, don't eat one bigger than your head, you know, meaning if you want if you want one, go for it. Don't have a bunch of them, but also watch your portion sizes. You know, don't go too crazy there either. 
So it was really just teaching them, you know, a lifestyle and and the kids that I worked with, they really, even now it's fun to see them as adults where you see how her is like bigger kids. Cause it was really what, six, seven years ago or something, but they're instilling them, you know, I mean, they're really putting the, the tools I gave them to work and they're deciding for themselves that they want to be healthy. And that's a really cool part. That's, it's really cool to see. And, uh, you know, I love that. You know, that's just obvious, a great satisfaction for you. You know, nutrition as a healing modality for self-esteem is, is, is probably not a new twist, but the way you put it together, it is because the company didn't exist before then. But, you know, so using nutrition as the modality and allowing, empowering our, our children, uh, to pick and choose the right foods. Is without a doubt. I mean, that's something that definitely needs to be teached and preached everywhere. Um, oh, absolutely. And and you've you've started that journey. I, I you know, tell us again a little bit about the social stigma of being an overweight child. How did that make you feel knowing that you had that experience? But you know, you can relate to these other kids. So, you know, how do, how does it make them feel? Just so those listening know. It's well, it's everything. And it wasn't until I started developing this, the curriculum that, that you realize how, you know, if you take someone with confidence, and then you compare them to someone without confidence, it's not just, you know, in their in what they eat, or in what they do, or their grades, or their it's everything um, to where, you know, the underlying, you know, root of some of these, you know, smaller issues is confidence. You know, if someone has confidence, they eat better, they feel better, they'll participate in sports, you know, they will, they will try, they'll raise their hand in class, because they think, hey, you know what, I have a shot at getting the right answer. They will, you know, not only do better academically, but then you want to talk about relationships to where so many people um, are in relationships, just because and they keep they keep one because they, oh my gosh, I have one. Uh, and they are, they're treated poorly, but yet they go, oh, but, but at least I have one. And at least I'm not alone. And at least I, you know, I'm in a relationship and maybe I don't deserve the best of the best. So I'm going to be treated like this. And that's the same with friendships. It's the same with, um, you know, any sort of relationship. It doesn't have to necessarily be romantic. You know, it's just the fact of, of friendship and everything. I mean, there's so many kids that say, oh, well, now I'm the one with a car, so I'm a chaperone. When in actuality, do the people that you're chaperoning even like you? You know, I mean, there's there's so many elements that take place that, you know, when someone is is more confident, they eat better. They want to feel better. They think they deserve better. You know, they they deserve to be healthy and have a healthy body. So they're active. You know, to where if you're not confident, you don't eat well because you quite frankly don't care. You don't try in school. You you take whatever relationship you can. You um, you just you know, it's like that manifesting when you manifest negativity because you think you can only reach a certain level. That's the only re- level you're going to reach. You know, when you're confident, the sky's the limit. That's the level you're going to reach. So um, so it's it's vast. That's a that's a big big question. So, you know, I, I love that. You know, obviously education is a key component, but you can actually, would you say it's teaching confidence or it's teaching behaviors that lead to confidence or maybe both? I don't know. It's little by little. Um, the way I say, it, you know, teaching confidence is, is truly little by little where you, you, you give a child a small task and say, hey, can you, 
can you put this over there for me? Can you, um, write notes on something for me? Can you, you know, give them a small problem, say, Hey, what's, I'm not using one plus one, but you know, okay. As small as I can get, use one plus one. And, oh my gosh, great job. You know, start, start patting them on the back for the things that, that they're doing right. That are as small as they are. It doesn't matter, you know, to have them clean up a kitchen counter or say, Hey, can you clean up this for me? And they do a good job. Tell them they did a good job. Something like that can boost their confidence as well. It doesn't have to be, you know, an A on a test or it doesn't have to be, um, you know, something that's, that's more academic. It can be, you know, anything. Well, you know, I like the fact that you point that out, that it's not just the person involved, but, you know, the mentors or the, the siblings or the parents or the teachers, you know, and it's so cliche, you know, it takes a village or a community to raise a child. And, and what you're pointing out is it does. And, and the impact that negativity plays in that child rearing process we can't underestimate it. Um, it should take a village. I mean, it really, really should. It should absolutely take a village. It should be a lot of work. It should, you know, people that want to be parents, be parents, be a parent. You know, it's pretty cool because I remember now I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, but I, you know, I grew up in a neighborhood where everybody knew everybody and we all looked out for each other, which is a perfect example. Of what I think we've gotten away from, you know, you don't see at least what I've seen is you don't see the neighborhoods like they used to be. It's so transient now and it's so digital and, you know, people don't take the time to get to know each other and especially the kids. I can tell you this, if I did anything wrong in my neighborhood, usually by the time I got back home, my parents already knew about it. (laughs) So, so thank you for pointing that out, you know, so tell me about a couple of your books. Tell us, tell Um, us a couple of your titles and, and, and what they're without giving away the end. Sure. Well, yeah, my, my first book was called The Pretty and Me, and that I just kind of wrote on a whim. Um, I was going to write a book for parents, but I decided I was going to write a book to the child themselves because they were the one that really needed the message. So I was uh, at work one day, and I literally thought of, Mommy, Mommy, what can I do? I came home from school with my heart black and blue. And it was a cool phrase, and I didn't really know what to do with it, but I knew I had to write it down. So I went in my office and I ended up locking myself in the office for, I think, four hours and ended up, you know, leaving the office with a book. I mean, it was just weird. You know, it was this, it was a really big poem that I ended up publishing. And my illustrator is Chris Driggers and he is unbelievable. He produces Disney quality stuff. And um, so that was the first one. And the second one I did for a nonprofit called Josh Provides. And it's a true story on... Uh, a gentleman that had passed away from epilepsy. It was, it was his story. Uh, They wanted me to, to kind of view his childhood through his eyes and his battle with epilepsy and his struggle. Then after that point with his friends, his friends kind of abandoned him after that point because they didn't really know what it was. So I describe um, a seizure as an energy burst that happens in your brain you know, in the book and just kind of make it kid friendly so they can understand, you know, what happened and also help the child with epilepsy, you know, not understand, but create a quality book. So they really know that they're not alone, you know, that, that it's other people going through the same thing as well. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, to think that, you know, what you're basically done it's so creative, but what 
is is take a real world situation, thoughts and feelings of a child, and putting it into understandable prose and words that that help them along, and and that's pretty cool. Are you going to do a series of books? Yeah, I have a couple more that I want to do, so I'm I'm definitely going there. I'll I'll share titles later, but at, at this point, yes, there are more in the works. Well, you know, can you you know we'll get, before we get to Kidfident in the program that you're doing there, can you can you give me two of your top three personal practices that you do to make the world a better place. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, I love people. I'm good to people. I believe if you're good to people, they're good to you. And not all of them are, you know, but for the majority, I think they are. I smile. I'm nice to people. I believe in opening doors. I believe in saying good morning and hi to strangers. I believe in, taking my dog and letting my dog, you know, bring happy to people. And, uh, I believe that that's what we're supposed to do. You know, I believe that's just the greatest part of life. And then, um, very honest, you know, that's probably another one is that sometimes it's, it's maybe honest to a fault. Uh, but I believe it took a long time to become honest, but once you get there, it's really easy. You know, that is, you know, you kind of say what's on your mind and you can go to sleep at night knowing, hey, you know, at least I said what I think. And, you know, it's it's a very easy way, I think, to live that way. Let's see the third one. I'm respectful. I don't know if that's a, that respect is a big thing with me. Um, I make sure no matter what, I'm respectful. I never raise my voice ever. I don't think you need to. But yeah, I just I treat other people with respect. You know, I think it's important. You know, and I totally agree with you. You know, one thing that keeps coming back in a lot of conversations I hear these days, especially, you know, some of the things that we've talked about is honest, honesty and and how we've created this digital world where people can be whatever and whoever they want to be. And you and I have talked about this. Sometimes we don't even know what's real anymore and what people are real because, you know, we can create these personas that, that that may not be real. So, you know, honesty I remember years ago and somebody said, write down your core values. And if you stray from them, get back to them. But honesty was always one that was in there. And you know what, Heather? You you are so right. It is hard to get there sometimes. It is hard to be honest with yourself because sometimes our negative beliefs, we truly believe them. And, And most of those negative beliefs that we believe about ourselves, they're not true. So if you're not living a life of honesty because you're not really in touch with who you are, it's tough. I agree 100%. And can I add one more thing to my list? <laughs> you can add as many as you want. Go ahead. Uh, listening. I work really hard to listen to people, you know, to not interrupt, to make sure they tell their full story. To I think it's so important now to listen to people. I think that's somehow lost in the shuffle. I think so many people have become um, narcissist with selfie and me too. And me, 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 everything is I, I, I. And I think we need to focus on other people as well. I think we just need to listen to people because a lot of times that's all someone really needs, you know, is just someone to listen to them. And I think it's, that's hard to find as well. You know, usually if you listen, someone's going to tell you their problems. They're going to tell you exactly, you know, if you go into a sales, listen to people, they'll tell you exactly what they want. You know, it's all about listening. So I think that's that's a very important one. You know, I'm I'm really glad that you pointed that out because 
It, it has become in many respects. I'm not going to totally blanket the entire planet, but it has become in many respects. Uh, I mean, my world. And last time I checked, there's like, what, eight billion people living on the planet and something like that. And aren't we all kind of in this together? You would think. <laughs> I mean, it's, it seems like it. But if you ask a lot of people, it doesn't appear that way either. You know, I you know, I, I, I live in Heather Soda. I live in Johnville. Could you imagine a world with just two people in it? I mean, how boring would that be? Even though we're cool people. I'm just joking. Of course. You, nope. know, you know that. But, yeah, but Yes, we are. <laughs> but, I know. But you know that. But, but uh, you know, you have pointed out some really interesting concepts here. You know. And there are things that need to be talked about. You know, so often, you know, we just, like you said, people don't listen. We shuffle too fast. We're going to and fro. And we're carried about by every new shiny bling bling object. And we don't take the time to take a deep breath and listen and talk to each other. I want to know more about Kidfident. Tell us about that. It's, you know, it started. No, hold it, hold it, hold it. We want to know more about Kidfident. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's funny. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> no, it, and I'm trying to think how many years ago I was hired um, by a nationwide, well, it's a local chapter of a nationwide nonprofit, and they hired me to create curriculum for, um, it was almost incorporating like a professional and a beauty and a, I really don't want to say the names of the organization, so I'm trying to kind of go around that, but it's the uh, it's the professional, it's the the physical, and then they wanted to incorporate my healthy outlook kind of all into one, and they wanted me to come up with a curriculum. And in doing that, I really came up with the common denominator. I tried to figure out what I was going to call it, and in doing that, and in doing all the research, I tried to figure out what the common denominator was. You know, what is the what's the core here? What's the one thing that you can change in a child that you really bring the rest of their life into color? And that was my one thought was, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it stems with confidence. And, and that's the one element that if you have it, and then you remove it, it's everything is affected, everything is different. And then also, if you don't have it, and you build it, everything is affected. Everything is different. And I know that firsthand for me, you know, I didn't have it. I had to build it. I had to every shred of it. I had to build it. And I, I don't believe for a second I'm arrogant. Um, arrogant is when you compare yourself to others as opposed to confident is when you really compare yourself to yourself. And I believe in myself. I believe I can do things. I've, you know, I've, I've done things that are tremendous, you know, Maybe for me, maybe not for everybody, but maybe for me. And that builds confidence to where it stems through every aspect of my life from what I wear to where I live to what jobs I'll apply for to um, how I'll let my friends treat me and how I won't be treated. You know, it's it's kind of everything. I th you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's kind of, you know, you, you about arrogance, you know, talking about arrogance. And I heard one time somewhere, I'll be really brief, that, you know, people you come in contact with, a third of them are going to love you, a third of them are going to hate you, and a third of them could care less either way. And the person that was given this seminar said, concentrate on the ones that love you. You know, if you're wasting all of your energy on people that don't care or hate you, you're just going to be spinning the, the, the wash cycle over and over and over again. So, 
You put it eloquently. Build your confidence. And that's just it. I want to build confidence, but in kids. Start young. Can you imagine, like, let's say two kids start on the same path, okay? Or let's say, you know, they're starting on a running track or however you want to put it. So so if if, if kids start, well, no, let's stay with path. So we stay, they start on one path and they start going, you know, like, let's say they're going north, you know, to where it's like they have confidence. Okay, great. You're going north. You're going north. You're going north. You have confidence. Your grades are good. Your this is good. You go to a good school. You're in good relationships. You surround yourself with solid people. You're not into drugs because you cherish your body. You're into health. You're into fitness. You're active. You're there's so many different elements. And the more you do, the farther north you go. And now let's take a different kid, same starting point, but they're going south to where they're making bad decisions because they don't feel they can do, you know, anything right. So their, their grades are poor. They, they don't believe they can pass school. So they don't even go, they have poor jobs. You know, they live in their parents' basement. They, you know, they don't believe they can succeed. So they don't even try. And in doing that, you know, then you have the, well, let's keep going too with the help. You know, they don't care what they look like. So they eat like garbage, you know, um, they're not very active because they don't believe they can do it anyway. So they don't, they sit down, you know, and, and all of these steps keep taking them farther and farther south. Well, to change this as an adult, think of how much distance you have to make up from the person that went south to the person that went north to get into the north, you know, to get to where they would like to be. It is a tremendous effort. It is huge to where if you influence their confidence level as children, you change the direction of their entire life. Every element of their entire life is changed. So if you get them early and implement that and try to build that and grow that and instill that in kids, God, they, they deserve that chance. I mean, they absolutely deserve that chance to have that lifestyle. And to me, you know, the sky is the limit if you have confidence. And, and it certainly does. And it is the sky is the limit. And you are right. You know, when you're starting out, you know, we hear the word, I'm reinventing myself. And, and you know, you're reinventing yourself because you had a lot of negative beliefs, which probably stemmed from a lack of confidence. And so the programs that you're talking about are so badly needed. It was a great comparison. What are your what are your goals for the project? Where do you see KidFident in five years? You know, I've been debating right now. I'm just kind of waiting to find that direction. And I believe I'm going to make it into a nonprofit so I can kind of raise money and, and give it to people that need it as opposed to people that can afford it. So I think that will be a really solid avenue to where I can go. I've spoken with schools and I've done a lot of public speaking and presentations. And, um, I don't even know if you know, I had a, a local television show at one point. So you know what? Every nothing ceases to amaze me about you, Heather. I mean, I, before, you probably have a boat or a submarine named after you somewhere too. Oh my gosh! <laughs> An aircraft carrier. I see it now. Yeah, right. No. no, but that's pretty cool, though. So, what'd you do on the television show? It was called Keeping Families Fit, and it was just that. And I had my guests were kids, and you know, it was it was talking with them and finding out about their lifestyles and you know, doing exercises on there, we would do like a recipe, we would do an exercise, and then we would chat with them. 
So it was kind of fun. You know, it was it was the well-balanced show. Well, you sound like, you know, it sounds like it was a lot of fun and you know, I'm sure we're going to yeah. un- we're going to uncover many things from Heather as we move forward with this Uh-oh. relationship and no, it's all good. Um, like an onion. Y- yes. I've heard that one before too. So, do you have a personal quote, not borrowed from somebody else, your own personal quote that you like about life and existence? Oh, man, I have a bunch of them. Well, good. Let's hear some. But you put me on the spot. Well, my favorite personal quote was, it's not personal. It was my grandmother's, my great grandmother's. She always said, you can stoop down and pick, you can always stoop down and pick up nothing. And I love it. I absolutely love that. I say that one so many times throughout the course of just life in general. You know, it's where I'll never go down to someone's level for what? For nothing. You know, so I always stand tall. I always stay true to who I am. I love that. You know, what kind of legacy would you like to have? It's funny because you definitely think about it. And for me, I want someone to be able to try and fail, but try and try again because of something I somehow told them. You know, I mean, that would be my legacy. My legacy is are the kids that I've worked with, you know, the ones that I still talk to. I have kids all over the place. You know, and and they have nothing to do with genetics. I've never given birth to any of them. However, I have kids all over the place, you know, that still remember things I've said and still remember conversations that we've had. You know, I'm really blessed in the fact that I come up with some really cool things to say at the right time. And I don't know how that is or why that is or, you know, who at times is speaking through me. Well, you know what? You just did it again. Now, you just created your own quote, quote, Heather Hackett, I have kids all over the place. <laughs> Is that not a crazy cool quote? I mean, think about that. And imagine if people took that quote of yours and, 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 and took ownership of it. Tell us about ownership. I don't think people take enough. You know, I think it's everybody views it as, you know, when I was a teacher, parents would almost view teachers as, you know, I mean, there were some that that thought we were the ones to raise their kids. And, you know, people think that parents should raise their kids, go figure. And to me, it's, it's just different that people use excuses. You know, people say, Oh, that's not my fault. That's not my job. That's not my responsibility that it, well, whose is it? Because at the end of the day, I think if we all took a little bit of ownership and said, Hey, you know, it's not my job, but, or it's not my responsibility, but, I cherish that kid. I appreciate that kid. I respect that kid. I respect this person. I want to help them out. I want to be a good person. I want to be an active member of the community. I want to be an active member of society. I want to be a positive role model. There's a concept. And I think if people did that, I think if people just took a little ownership and took some responsibility and everybody just did a little shred you know, whether it be picking trash up outside. Is it your job? No, but you know what? It makes the world look a little nicer when you do that. But I think if everybody took a little bit more than they currently have right now and stopped making excuses, it makes a massive impact. Huge. It absolutely does. I can remember back in the day, you know, shut, you know, if one person shuts off the light, okay, 
If a neighborhood does it, you're saving. But if the whole world remo- you know, remembers the energy, it's just like that with kids. If you took a little bit of ownership in the rearing and raising of kids, and they don't have to be your own, as you are well, as you are proving, right? Then we can have a huge impact on this planet. You know, that just invigorates me. It motivates me and inspires me. Uh, that's why you know you you got this great thing going on, Heather. You know, coming from the school of hard knocks and, and to a certain respect and uh, your vision about kids and the role of, our, of us as mentors taking ownership <laughs> is without a doubt second to none. Can you give us any final thoughts on humanity and where you think we're headed? Oh, my gosh. I don't know where we're headed. I really don't. But I think at this point, I think where we should be headed is, you know, just... People think that we're entitled to our opinion. We are. We're totally entitled to our opinion. But so many people now believe that you're only entitled to the opinion of theirs, you know, where you're, you need to respect everybody has their own opinion. However, when it differs from mine, oh, well, now it's not, now you're not allowed anymore. I think right now, I think we need to look at the fact that everybody is different. Everybody has different views that's okay. That's what makes us unique. It doesn't mean you need to hate the person, disrespect the person, anything like that. Appreciate it. Learn from them. Actually open your mind and say, Hey, you know what? I may learn something from this individual. Stop locking my thoughts and ideas. And maybe I'm going to, you know, listen to that person and see what they have to think because you can always change your thoughts. You can change your opinions. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to learn and grow. And I think we forget that. I think we just get stuck in our own little ways and then we stay. And I think we need to expand. You know, I think we need to keep the growth process in mind and that it is a process and that, you know, we just keep going. We just keep, keep growing, keep going, keep learning. And, you know, just, I don't know. Be so happy. <laughs> so I, I like a lot. We've talked about a lot of things. So open mindedness, keep going, learn, Take responsibility, no excuses. I'm trying to be the best person I can be. How can people find out more information about you and how to get your books and about KidFident? Where do they need to go? Sure. The website is KidFident.com. That's K-I-D-F-I-D-E-N-T.com. Um, it's in progress right now, so you'll have to excuse the construction. But um, but that's it. You know, they can reach me from there and, you know, you can... I'm always up for ideas. I'm always up for, you know, chatting with people. And, you know, if if you think I'm right, great. Tell me. If you think I'm wrong, great. Tell me. You know, just let's kind of grow together, you know, so. I like that. Let's kind of grow together. That's another quote. I'm telling you, I got like six soundbite quotes out of your <laughs> interview. I, uh, I just, you know, Heather, you've definitely uh enrich my life just in the short time that i've known you um uh, ditto thank you yeah we've had some fun already i just want to thank you for being on task force and radio and you know i look forward to, to seeing your progress and to being part of it we've already made some connections with other people doing some other yep. things and uh i i wish you great success and i know that uh, you know if we can take care of our kids like you know one at a time and do it collectively as a, as a global community. Like you said, we don't know what the future is, but we can certainly put a dent in something good. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's just progress. Make a little progress. I used to put, um, I think this was a quote I had on my wall that it's not about perfection. It's about progress. 
you know, to where don't worry about the, the finished result, just, you know, little by little. I'm seeing another company here, quote incorporated or, <laughs> you know, something like that, because, you know, you're just full of quotes and uh, actually you're full of energy. And uh, it's nice to, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you reached out on LinkedIn, but it's nice to be around uh, for anybody out there listening to be around people that that have a vision and people that have a passion and especially people that have a passion to make the world a better place. And that's what we're trying to do with this with this podcast is, is meet the visionaries like Heather Hackett, learn from her, listen to her, and try to take some of that into our daily lives. I know that uh, we have a long road to go. You know, there's a journey ahead of us. But I do know that uh, the word collectively always comes to mind. And, and it's not just Heather's world. It's not just John's world. It's all of our world. And, and we all have a part to play in it. So... Heather, uh, you humble me, you honor me, and Aww. I appreciate you being on our on our podcast today. I appreciate you being my friend. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Task Force N Radio. Through education, we will raise global awareness, create more balance, perpetuate human healing, and diminish suffering in our world because humankind matters. Humankind matters.